Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and oh, I'm yawning, awaken the sleepy consciousness. No, I'm just yawning. <laughs> I'm just foreshadowing my guest on the show today, and we're going to be uh, talking a- about a children's books and well as magic and um, all kinds of enchantment and wonderful things like that. Which boy do I think we need today? And so um, before I bring her on, I just want to remind you that I am Loretta Brown. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going into my 25th year of business. Nate, can you believe that? I can't even believe that. Woo! Wow. Yeah. My, That's a quarter of a century. I know. You're not even that old, are you? No. <laughs> Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. My, I have a joke with my son, and, and it's like, you know, how could that be? You're just 29 years old, right? Mm. Never mind. Don't go there. Don't go there. Anyway, wow, what a crisp, cold morning. I got to the studio this morning, and I looked out the window, and there's this, cla- this I don't know, line of clouds out there that looks like a movie, a horror movie, or Godzilla's coming out of there or something. Well, it is October, and Halloween is amongst us in just a few weeks, and it really looks like a wall of just fog, and it's kind of haunting if you think about it. But it will burn off. It's a little haunting, and maybe that's uh, setting some of the tonality for the show. Do you got your Halloween costume figured out, Nate? Do you dress up? Uh, not usually, but last time I'm a pretty tall guy, and I went as the Space Needle. <laughs> I made this little hat with, out of cardboard and had like a pointy thing with paper on top and designed it like the top of the Space Needle. And I just wore all gray underneath to kind of match the structure of the building. I love what you just said. Yeah, you are a little tall. I felt short. <laughs> The Space Needle, that is a great idea. That's just a great, great idea. Um, Yeah, Benny was asking me, because I'm going to do a show on Halloween. He's like, what are you going to dress up for? And I go, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Loretta Brown sounds kind of scary. That could be. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I hope you're having fun. I'm glad you tuned in. Um, I do have a few announcements regarding Reiki Oasis. I do have this month, my Crystal Bowl healing concert will be Sunday evening, October 20th, 7.30 p.m. at Bala Yoga in Kirkland. It's the location in Kirkland. Make sure that you buy tickets to the proper location. And the Crystal Bowl healing concerts are fantastic. I will be bringing Sacred Cacao. And that's just, um, it's not hot chocolate. Some people think that's just hot chocolate. But it is actually Sacred Cacao. And we do kind of a little heart uh, connection ceremony, and then you can lay around in your yoga clothes on the floor in this beautiful Bala Yoga Kirkland location, and we do something very magical, marvelous, and healing. People love it, and I do hope you will come out Sunday, October 20th at 7.30 p.m. It's uh, one of my favorite things that I do. Um, I also have the Temple of the Divine Feminine. My monthly class for, I'm sorry, guys, women only, is the last Saturday of this month, October 26th, from 1230 to 430. It sounds like a long time, but I have, believe me, this is a special healing space that uh, we create. It's a small group of women. We do a lot of heart-to-heart talk. We cry together, we laugh together, we talk about things that need to be talked about that are on our hearts, and more than anything, we do growth, 
We do uh, creative things, and we do healing circles. So if you want to be part of the Temple of the Divine Feminine or you want to come to any of the other classes that Reiki Oasis, you can do that by signing up at schedule.reikioasis.com. You just go there. You can make appointments. You can find out what's happening, and you can connect with me, Loretta Brown, also by um, sending an email to uh, reikioasis at gmail.com. So I hope to see you there. And always, if you have questions, let me know. And big thing coming up, um, every year, every once in a while, I should say, it's not quite yearly, I take a small select group of people on a sacred trip. We will be going to Egypt, magical, marvelous Egypt, February 19th to March 4th. And if you want to find out more about that, I am offering a free Egyptian get-together on Sunday, October 20, from 1 to 3. I will be showing some slides and talking a bit about the trips that have been taken in the past and also an opportunity to find out more about the trip coming up. And even if you don't think you can come to the trip coming up, you will really like coming out to see the slides about my Egyptian trips And um, so, once again, you can sign up for that at uh, schedule.reikioasis.com. Let me know about it. I'd love to have you come talk more about it. And then for those of you that have asked, yes, I just got back from three weeks traveling in China and Tibet and walking the pilgrimage, the Kora of Mount Kailash. I am putting together a presentation. I will let you know when that's ready because... um, Wow, sometimes these things are just life-changing events. You... I don't know, sometimes something comes up, it's going to take you outside your comfort zone. And I learned a long time ago that if you just have, I don't know, somebody said to me once, if you have 10 seconds of courage, and I think it takes one second of courage, it's like, I'm just going to say yes to this, I'm just going to do this thing. Now I'm doing this thing, I'm just doing this thing, right? And um, it changed me. It, It got into me, and I'm really, really excited to bring it back to everybody because... I'm that girl, and, and maybe you are too. Maybe you're that, that woman or that man or that girl or that boy that wants to help make a difference on planet Earth. Even if all you do is smile at the person, uh, it can change somebody's day, right? Be A little bit of kindness goes a long way. And we really need it right now, my listeners. I'm going to do the fastest little astrology checking because I want to get my guest on the show Pluto has gone direct, and we have been feeling that tension, that run down, a little bit overwhelmed. Everybody's sort of chomping at the bit and sort of rubbing up against each other. And I don't, I'm, I'm hoping you don't really have to wait until the full moon on the 13th and 14th to feel some relief, but you may have to. We have a full hunter's moon on the 13th and 14th. It's a huge release point for everybody. And it is bringing us the opportunity to bring forth intense, life-challenging changes. So as we approach that full moon, something's got to give. And that's what's happening. Push is coming to shove. Mountains are moving. And so is the earth under our feet, which can be very unsettling. You're all aware that for months now, it's sort of like all existence has been groaning with impending change. A lot of people are like, are we done yet? Can we get through to the other side? And it does feel like that narrow opening in a hourglass. But, you know, 
we do sometimes have to go just through a little bit of, of tension, a little bit of discomfort, and then we do pop out that other side. But my best advice to you is actually coming from my track, and, and that is keep, keep your feet moving. Don't stop. Keep breathing. Keep looking up. Make sure you drink water. Get sleep. Hang out with friends and reach for help if you need it. We're all going to be presented with lots of different things as these energies make themselves known to us. And this full moon is in the fiery sign of Aries and Mars, the planet of war and strife rules Aries. And I, I sometimes, I'm, you know, when I say that, I'm like, don't get scared. Don't get frightened. We did choose to be here on planet Earth during this time of change. We, we actually did. I do believe that. We just can't remember. So try to dig in a little bit and, and just, you know, take it easy. Be nice to each other. Take a look at the news and then try to do what you can, which is I call balance. Like if you're watching the news or you're watching the things that are going on or you're, you're, you're on your media too much and you're starting to get wound up and upset, I really, really just give you the best advice, which is get away from it. Breathe, look at the beautiful leaves, um, remember the good things, give yourself some credit for being here. Even if you belly crawled to get here, you're here and we are alive. And I don't think there's a better message than that. We're in full color and let's try to enjoy that. Earlier this week, I posted on my Facebook page a, a copy of a, a little card. My 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 dear, dear Sarah Scarlett, you know, she sends me beautiful people to be on the radio. But she also, um, when she sends me a copy of a book, she puts these beautiful little cards in there, just little, and you open them up. And, and I just so needed this one this week. So I'm going to say it on the radio show because it's kind of like my mantra all week. And it goes like this. There will come a time when you believe everything is finished, and that will be the beginning. And that's a quote from Louis Lamar. And I got to tell you, Go climbing up that mountain around 18,500 feet without oxygen, I was thinking, I think I'm finished. I think I'm finished. And you know what? I, Nate, I wasn't finished. I wasn't finished. I made it to the top. And then I got I to gotta confess, because I don't eat junk food, I had a huge Snickers bar. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's what I ate. The top of the mountain. <laughs> and I got the energy to make it back. So here we are. So I can't think of a better day for my guest to be with me. She embodies the ability to help us birth creative ventures, to take a look at ourselves, and she possibly helps us with a lot more. And uh, I'll let her say it, but I think she probably wants us to believe there's a more hopeful future for all of humanity, or maybe she's going to help us get there. My guest is Janine Leighton Kimmel, J.L. Kimmel. She's a philanthropist, an artist, a registered nurse. She has a master's degree in transpersonal studies. And she is a multi-award-winning children's book author, artist, poet, visionary. She's written some marvelous books, The Magic Gown and The Yawning Ribbit, Rabbit River Chronicle. <laughs> I love that. The Yawning Rabbit River Chronicle has been hailed in this way. Not since The Wizard of Oz have young readers of all ages enjoyed such a lush tale of colorful characters and thrilling adventures, 
all to the accompaniment of the award-winning author's enchanting illustrations. Janine has facilitated numerous children's poetry and dream workshops. She's the mother of two sons. Welcome to the show, Janine. So glad to have you here. Thank you, Loretta. Thank you. I'm so good to be here. And hi, Nate. Um, Yeah, so happy to bring my work to the center of you. I'm so glad. Um, We do have live YouTube, and I'm just going to show people the covers of your books. And, Nate, you can tell me if I am I in there. Yeah, okay. So this one is called The Magic Gown. And we are going to talk about both books today as well as, as Janine's journey to uh, around these books. And this is the Yawning Rabbit River Chronicle. And um, I love the, the name of these uh, books. I love these books. I read these books. And these books are not just for children. And, of course, uh, I'm a girl who, when I was a little girl, I was fortunate that before we went to bed... We got told the story and or we often would have a book read to us and we would have big books to where um, (laughs) they would finish a chapter and then they'd be like, "Okay, that's all for tonight. You have to go to bed. (laughs) We'd be like, no, we have to find out, you know, and these are great books for that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. And and these are broad, broad paintbrush questions. When did you begin writing you know, were you always a writer? What, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's see. The, the first thing that always seems to start where I was connected and inspired as a young girl was my love for nature. I just felt so connected and in love with nature and, you know, would find myself in the woods and just feeling so at home and with birds and animals. So... Um, that was really my first introduction to what would be my life's work. And then I always loved the sketch, and I loved films and books and stories. And then in my early teens, uh, I started writing poetry that, to me, was not something I chose to do, but it would just come out of me. And it was very transformational um, in terms of, like, starting out in a certain emotion and just coming out completely, like, sort of at peace and inspired, and it always involved nature, and I was so grateful for that. Um, and then I realized, you know, in my late teens, how important creativity was for me and my well-being, and how lucky I felt, so that I knew I wanted to bring creativity um, to young adults and children but all ages, really, because of how much it helps the process of transformation and not staying in a sort of scared or hopeless or, you know, uh, there's no, there's nothing, like, to feel good about. And I was completely transformed there. So what ends up amazingly happening is that my stories that I painted and wrote um, – they actually did that for me, but they do. That's what they do for the reader. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, and the way my stories came about were magical in themselves. They they found me, and I followed the creativity. But I could have never told you that that this is what I would have years later. And mm-hmm. so, they seem to precede me. And then I would look back and say, "Oh, that's what that was about." And so. 
they are transformational. Um, and I loved listening to you prior to me coming on because they really are about having courage to go out of your comfort zone, follow your adventure, and something amazing is going to happen. And it does. And it always comes out of where you don't expect it. And that's what I love sharing with kids in workshops and I love sharing um, in, in, you know, in these books and stories. And so, yeah, so... Don't you have a... Don't you have a... I'm sorry to butt in. Don't you have a favorite saying or something about saying yes? I'm trying to remember if that's a Joseph Campbell quote or a... um, Yeah, Joseph Campbell. He... um, So when I do children's workshops, I have this big poster I unravel. And at the very bottom... You know, because I'm always encouraging them, which is like encouraging myself, which is like encouraging their parents or anyone is. Joseph Campbell, the mythologist, um, says that the big question is, will you say a hearty yes to your adventure? And I love the accent Mm. on hearty, and I love uh, your adventure, because I really think that to be original and unique is true way of being happy and feeling um, like you're following the flow. And so it's got to be your adventure, not someone else's idea. So I'm always encouraging that because I'm encouraging it to myself. <laughs> I um, I love that so much. I I I can tell it's already weaving itself into the, the radio show, but I'm thinking about so many of the characters in your book, the book itself, I think, leads us in, like it It sucks you in. I'll be honest with you. It's like you you start reading and then you get sucked in, and it's because all the characters are saying yes. There's a lot of yeses in there, and, and it's thrilling. It really is, at least it was for me, it's thrilling to have them say yes and then see where that goes. Exactly. Like, oh, yes. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah. They said yes. Now what? Right? They're going to yeah, go do and, that. And, yeah. yeah, and there's always this this opening um, that occurs um, when you say yes. Even and in many cases, you don't even know you're moving forward, but the yes is happening. And like my character Lily, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she she doesn't really know she's on a quest at, in the beginning, but she is. And then and then there's this moment where she really does purposefully say yes and that's that's a big turning event you know and i can relate to that um so yeah, yeah. you know and and so i i love when um one of the important characters in that story is a beautiful blue swan and um she says to lily the time has come so long forbidden until now this magic hidden wonderful wonderful whispers her voice oh sweet child let us rejoice another door has opened and so in the story, these, these openings keep occurring, and um, Lily moves through them, and then, you know, that's, that's what I feel we're all doing. Yeah. And if and so that we, um, it's even more fun to sort of go with it and know you're going with it, and out of nowhere something will happen, and it'll just be confirmation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah. like that, by the way, I, um, you know, when I, I, I take a look at how you have, well, you have real substance in these books. I think it's one of the reasons they've won so many awards, but let, let me say it in, in my little way, which is 
when I'm when I'm reading something like um, like the Magic Gown, you know, your book, the Magic Gown. Number one, there's a lot of characters in there, but I've also I also noticed that she's being helped when she needs it. That the characters yeah. come, and that to me is such a metaphor for our own life. It's like if you step out, you know, because I do a lot of spiritual work with people, a lot of counseling work, and advising of of life path let's find out who you are and which way you should go right like what's inside you that is helping to direct you and you maybe you're just not listening to it or you don't know how to listen to it um but when we step into that um when we say that yes the help will come is what i've discovered and the challenge the challenge will come too but the help will come yeah that's that's exactly right in the stories um she has all these wonderful um, little helpers show up, or big helpers show up. Yeah, um, big helpers. And <laughs> I found that to be true in my life. Um, I feel like, you know, I'll say that the universe is talking to you if you just pay attention. And then uh, all the, and, and in my life too, and in my dreams, I have a lot of helpers show up in my life. And so, um, it's a good reminder to children, especially, to know that yes. they they do show up, that you are being guided and helped, and uh, that's the um, that's such a, a hopeful thing. And and you know, it's funny because when I wrote the story, I don't know that I was as conscious of that until after, and then I do see how how these little characters and uh, fairies and beautiful dragon they all do show up and they help her yeah and, and of course even in in the um the times when she's being confronted with not so friendly characters yeah she <laughs> uh-huh. is helped she is helped and um under duress she's, she's always helped and yeah and i find that to be true in yeah. my life yeah yeah um i'm also thinking about magic you know the name the name of the book is the magic gown and i'm thinking um it, it's funny you were saying you didn't even realize till after you wrote the book certain things and uh, i remember reading something about who, whoever it is that wrote the wizard of oz and 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 him saying no no the book doesn't mean what you're saying it means it's just i just wrote a story right and yeah. um it, but these things do come in, and in that in that book, in your book, she gets to Lily gets to where she's believing in magic, um, which I think is fantastic. I believe yes. in, I believe in magic. You know, Janine, I'm just you know gonna say it. I believe in magic. What what is the importance of magic? Why magic? Well, well I I really feel that Lily um, started as quite the magical child. Her connection to nature. Um, she's, you know, in the right place at the right time. Uh, and the magic to me is really not fiction, but real and true because mm-hmm. I've experienced it. And this story is a complete demonstration of the, the support that, you know, you, I was following something writing this that I could have never predicted or known. And so many things fit together like, like magically. And so, you know, for me, it's real. And life has unfolded in that way. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you're not confronted with the uh, 
the challenge, but that's even more of the reason to keep moving forward. Uh, and, you know, the, the magical, in my life, the magical characters, um, they're, they became real for me in this story. And mm-hmm. it's right now, I'm, as I'm talking to you, I'm surrounded by some of the original artwork of uh, the characters in the magic gown. Yeah. Including the blue elephant. But I, you know, I don't, I know that there are things going on where we're very stressed and concerned, and I that's real too, but ultimately, I feel like our ability to rise above that and feel the magic of life and, um, you know, which of course is the love, the love of vibration, but... Thank you, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's completely infiltrated into my work, and... Mm-hmm. There could no, there could not be any other way because that's just how it unfolds, and so it's very real for me, and uplifting, and inspiring, and you know I can feel when somebody, um, in a moment of sort of uh, feeling they can't see their way out or they can't grasp that other perspective, that turns a situation into like. An, an, like an enlightened educational moment, that's where the magic is for me. It's like that flip. And so, um, you know, that's even in, obviously in our adult life. But I think there's no better place in a children's story to yeah. to bring that to bring that to uh, you know to, into a book or into a film. And um, yeah, so it's the world is magical for me. Yeah. And I and I am. A, the funny thing is, too, is I am a realist. So you know, I'm aware of what's going on. I'm I'm not. I'm I'm very aware. But I still have this quality that keeps me magical and hopeful. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that combination is. I think that what you just said, the fact that you, yeah, you you're very in touch with reality, and yet here you are writing these magical stories with with um, uh, animals talking and, and magic gowns and all kinds of different um, uh, characters. And I think that's what brings the substance to it. I think that's why your books are so marvelous is because you have the depth to be writing from that place. So anyway, yeah. my guest today is J.L. Kimmel. This is Loretta Brown. We're going to take a little station break and it is such a lovely conversation. I just am so excited to uh, talk about children's books. I love children. I love children's books. And um, I think they help us. I always do. So uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Time is funny. Sometimes it seems fast, another time slow. When it comes to time slots remaining on Alternative Talk 1150, time is running out. In fact, there are just a few primetime slots available. So if you want to host your own radio program, the time to call 425-653-1150 is right now. Nope, no time for excuses. Dial 425-653-1150 to find out how affordable it can be to host a radio show. Alternative Talk, 
we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful, pain-reducing prescription medicines. But most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. Thank you, Nate, for its magic. That was perfect. Anyway, welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my special guest, J.L. Kimmel, uh, and her books, The Magic Gown and The Yawning Rabbit River Chronicle. You ought to just go get them right now. I really mean that. They're beautiful, beautiful books. They're books that you will want to read. I don't care what age you are. You need to read these books. And um, read them to your kids. Read them with your kids. Get them for your kids. What is your, uh, you know, because this is a, like I said, they are for all ages, but what's kind of your target market for these books? Well, The Magic Gown is 8 to 12, although 7-year-olds love it, too. Okay. Um, and the Yawning Rabbit River Chronicle is a little older, 9 to 14. But again, it depends on the reader and, uh, you know, and then and then really all ages. But yeah. And, and when I, some people buy the Magic Gown younger, and I always say if you're going to read it, you know, there's a few little scary parts where yeah. you can always, can always just sort of smooth it over a little bit. So it doesn't scare maybe, you know, four-year-old or five-year-old. But a lot of it is, is appropriate for them. Um, just depends on the child. Like if I was, when I was a child, they would have had to smooth over a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, I was scared of everything as a child. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, parents can always read the book and then decide what they want to do. Which, by the way, will be helpful for you because, like I said, these books are, are I think, have a transformational quality within them and or introspective quality. That you bring up a lot of issues, um, you know, like. Like in the Yawning Rabbit River Chronicle, you know, mm. the prejudice and and mm-hmm. and and invasion of our rights, and you know, like uh, who's who's good, who's bad, you know, that kind of thing. Like in the Yawning River Rabbit River Chronicle, and I'm jumping ahead. You know, the Millers are just everything we don't like, and oh yeah, <laughs> mass consumers. Oh, yeah, um, very yeah. nasty. 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 I, I would say that book's a little bit more. Well, no, maybe. It's not that it's more sophisticated, but it does touch on topics like that, um, where the magic gown is very uh, multi-layered with uh, with meaning, and um, you can get out of it at any level that you know you can you can read when you read it. Um, as you get older, you can see what there's d- deeper meanings in there. Yes, but the and the Owning Rabbit River um, definitely has these issues that I felt. Um, were important and, 
you know, work them out in the book. Right. Yes. They work it out in the book. And since we've brought it up and, and I was going to go in a different order, but it's, it's presenting itself. The Yawning Ra- Rabbit River Chronicle is your latest book, I think. And it's written in three parts and it covers, what, a hundred years or a thousand years or a million years or something. It starts out with animals speaking and, and then works its way through. And the, the river is sort of the connector, the goddess of the river. Um, but it's, um, it's really great. I love, how you, I love how you tied those sections together, by the way. Um, Thank you. Yeah. You bring up well, that, that, yeah. um, that started out with the concept started with the third part being what first came up for me. And then um, I went to Ireland to write it. And the whole first part, um, I went and collaborated with a lovely Italian illustrator. And the whole first part completely uh, revealed itself while I was there. Um, and beautifully, like, because Ireland and this gorgeous valley in the middle of nowhere, and I was definitely touched by the magic there. And the whole first part with the talking animals, and this is like when animals talked, which they probably still do, but um, <laughs> this is more of that classic fairy tale. And then it goes into the modern times where part two connects um, the first part and the third part. And it just really, again, happened. Like, it, it, it just took on its own life. And, um, you know, so I went to Ireland to write that four years in a row. I would continue to write where I am in New Jersey, but I would go there and go to that valley and just let the valley affect me. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. that was pretty amazing and definitely influenced the book. Um, There's quite a story around how you met the illustrator for this book, uh, David Ceccarelli. And uh, I'm once again going to show the the camera the book. I have uh, uh, a hardback book with beautiful illustrations. I love these ink illustrations. Um, They're... They're obviously hand-drawn. If I'm wrong, please correct me, but they sure look that way. And yeah, very, very, very detailed. Like, yeah. um, you know, I do a little sketching, and I'm like, wow, those are great. Those are just great. They're very, very, very good. Yeah, that's yeah. his forte. And he's more like Grimm's fairy tale yes. uh, with, a modern, with a modern plant. And um, he, you know, as I would write the story, he would draw the story and we collaborated in Ireland and um, again, another magical collaboration. And, you know, it's the, it's the Joseph Campbell thing. When, when you're willing to show up and be open and cooperate (laughs) with the force, with the forces, with the, that it takes you. And um, it was amazing. And, uh, but it never would have happened unless I was willing to show up. So, um, that's my. That's another thing that all my characters who develop and um, that, that's their, you know, their willingness to say yes or show up. Yes, and in the Yawning Rabbit River Chronicles, um, there's a little. You know, like I said, there's three parts here, but in that third part where you have the umbrellas and the no umbrellas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just bringing that out because it's such a great way to deal with the prejudice. And mm. um, I think there's also a little bit of, of 
well, like I said, you you address some pretty good, some pretty heavy things in the book in a very maybe funny or ridiculous way, but a way that we can look at them and really, really relate to it. So, Thank you for noticing that. Yeah, um, yeah the, the no umbrella people were being um, seen as less than by the umbrella people who used umbrellas. And it was, you know, it was kind of an absurd um, prejudice, but it was a prejudice and it was a great example of that prejudice. And so uh, also it is also the rapport for nature, yeah. you know, um, yes. and yeah. so... Yeah, that that was um, that was actually the inspiring first thing that happened for me and David about, and that's how the whole birth of the book started, which mm. is with the umbrella people and the no umbrella people. And a, a cute story is um, this uh, boy was reading the story, and he went to his mom, and he goes, "Mom, mom, mom, I'm a no umbrella person too." <laughs> and the mom looked at me. I met her in, in, in New York City at, at some events, and she said, "Um." You know, I'm really trying to get them to use an umbrella, but now, now it's never going to happen. And so I, I just started laughing. So I was like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it does happen. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, and the other thing is, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, Penny Boy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, and Sean the Rabbit Thief, and you know, but 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 it, they really touched my heart, right? Oh. You know, especially Penny Boy. I'm like, oh, okay. I know. Oh, he doesn't have a mouth, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I did a tour in um, El Salvador, and um, Penny Boy became so, so beloved there, and they really, really wanted me to um, write a story, you know, where Penny Boy ends up or what happens to Penny Boy. And I remember this older man read it and he was like really so in love with Penny Boy that uh, you know it was it was kind of amazing that he was close to 80 I think and I, I was just like oh this is so beautiful just, yeah you know how how you can be touched by a, a, a such a simplistic beautiful character like him and uh, at any age and there's a Penny Boy in all of us I yes think. yeah yeah that's kind of where I was going I think that your characters um, are so beloved because we can relate to them. And, and, and with Penny Boy, and I don't want to give away the book too much. I want people to get the book. But sure. I'm kind of teasers in there like, yeah, do get this. Um, the idea that we don't have a voice or that we are different, right? Or yeah. that we're going to be kicked to the side or someone's not going to see our value, right? There's so much in that. And, um, you know, even, um, you know, and of course then... Uh, Sean the rabbit thief, right? You know, well, okay, he's a thief and he hasn't been good and now he, he <laughs> comes through as the hero and, pu- you know, pulling on something on the inside of him or something on the inside of him gets activated and I, mm-hmm. I know I'm jumping from character to character but just pulling out some of the transformative things or the things that are reflective back to us about us that are really Absolutely. in the books. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I fell in love with all the characters you're talking about. Um Sean the rabbit thief just, you know, he steals your heart. He really does, and that's funny that he is a thief, but that's what he steals. He steals your heart because he's so himself, and and he so is willing to go on this hero's journey for the right reason. And, um, yeah, so uh, thank you for, for bringing them up. 
um, it well, just brings me it brings me back into my story and I'm smiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they become real, you know. It's it's really real. It's like it's like the good books that we read, and now they're they're real. You've got you know Jack Turner. You've got Nub and Neil. You have um, the rat Robert Snow, I think is his name. And all of them are just beautiful characters with all kinds of things going on. But there is something I wanted to ask you about. You know, you have poetry in your books, and there was a mm-hmm. place in the Yawning Rabbit River Chron- Chronicle, which I don't think I wrote down, but it's just coming to mind, where you had s- someone come, and maybe it was Jack Turner blowing his whistle, and then then they're playing a song. And, and I think he played a song with the, the river or members of the river, and they did the the, the something about the river blues or something. And I'm a musician. I have to ask you, do you have that recorded as a song somewhere? Have you ever well, turned this yeah, into a... here's the good news. Uh, okay. That's on a YouTube. Oh. Um, yeah, so you can go to YouTube, and um, it's the, uh, the go- River Goddess Blues. That's it. And um, you can hear... So I wrote, I wrote the words, and then... Um, I asked my son, who's this beautiful musician singer, on the YouTube, he's singing it. And he got uh, all the musicians uh, in his studio to play. So that's on YouTube. You can go listen to that. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, in both my books, I love um, maps. I love poetry. I love song. And I realized how much I was uh, influenced or uh, affected by J.R.R. Tolkien, yeah, who also did that, and um, it's just it's just a more complete story to me. Um, great adventure stories have maps and songs and poems, and you know, so that's that's something my my stories have. So that was so much fun to write new words for these stories. Yeah. And I like how you have that all in the book. So as you're as you're you're opening all those creative channels. Now I want to I want to uh, go back to your other book, and I may jump back and forth a little bit. But there's a couple of sure. points I want to make sure we bring out, and we just don't have enough time today. I can already tell. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what brought about the writing of the magic gown? What sure? What, yeah, because this is a, a, a yeah. Go ahead. I'll sure. Well, it was a multiple thing. Um, and I went on a vision quest while I was studying with an anthropologist up in the high desert mountains. And um, she used to train people um, for, you know, conflict resolution and self-work. And what, in one of those vision quests I did for them with her, um, I found a dress in the riverbed. Now, just tuck that away. And that was... So, I, I have to pause. Uh, you found a dress right, right. in so the riverbed I, on a so vision I, quest. In the high desert mountains in the middle of nowhere. And I that... found this, this dress. And she, she, she was quite the amazing person, Angela Sarian. And she, um, she, did, she did this beautiful ritual around it. And then it was mine to take home. And then I made an art piece out of it. That's oh. on my website. So... Five years later, as I, I'm working I, with... Yeah, I just got to ask, when was that? What year was that? Believe it or not, it was 1993. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, so this is, this is an extension of, of, of years of following 
almost like the, the adventure without knowing that the adventure all fit together in this beautiful story. Um, so because five years later, I um, was working with children and using my creativity and what I felt was good, you know, to access. And I decided to, um, if children were to draw or paint a doorway, they could tell you what was on the other side and they would immediately access their imagination. So, and so I, because I believe in the incredible power of storytelling. And so, and, you know, just for every development and healing and wholeness and wellness. And so I decided, well, I should do it. So I, I started to paint this door, big art, because I like large paintings. And a week into painting it, I had a dream, and this woman was singing to me in the most beautiful voice, like an opera voice, and she was singing Ten Kings and Roses, Ten Kings and Roses, over and over again. And I woke up and I said, that has to do with the painting. I just knew. So I said, all right, I'm painting ten doors. Now, you know, this is kind of crazy, but I said, so a year and a half later, I have these ten big paintings, these three characters, and I'm surrounded in my studio that was very large by these giant colorful paintings, and I realized, you're telling a story here. Mm. And so I begin to write the story around the paintings on the wall. So this is truly like an unfolding of, you know, something kind of, un, you know, not planned at all. So oh, yeah. all based on this one painting and the song I was sung to. And what I realized was I was telling an adventure story, and the amazing thing was, all these doorways and this adventure was taking this girl character into the land of Ten Kings and Roses, and that was from the song. And so, you know, I just went with it, and the magic gown is a result of that uh, creative adventure that that's why it's kind of visionary or has a visionary quality because it really was uh, something that wasn't really in my, quote, sight. But, it, but I, was, I was creating it, and then I realized, oh, what this was. And there's so much detail to this story that I could even tell you that's fabulous, like what happened to me along the way of creating this story and how mm-hmm. Lily became, really Lily was an aspect of myself, but then, you know, she, she went and became her own wonderful character. And um, so, you know, so that that's... That's the short version of, this, of uh, I, how it unfolded. I love everything about what you just said. And by the way, um, <clears throat> excuse me, those yeah. people with the uh, studio cam, this book is so beautiful. I'm going to show you, and I'm just going to kind of flip through. Like you open it up, and your beautiful full-color pictures are in here. I also want to point out I love this because I just used to love this in books. The very first thing you open up is a is a map, and it it's comes out of the front of the book, and there's everything uh, that you could ever want to know about. Like how is this land put together? You have the dark green ocean of fortune, the silver sea of silence. Right? I love this yeah. place. The next place is the name of it. Where are you going? The next place. <laughs> this is the next place. Right? 
the great <laughs> desert of uncertainty. I think yeah. I'm, I think I'm stuck there. And um, oh yeah, <laughs> don't right? forget your sense of humor then, because that's always in a place of uncertainty. It's great to have a sense of humor. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I um, that what you just said, and and even as I'm flipping the pages of the book, the energy of it comes out is so potent. And it's Thank so you. heartfelt. It's so deep. I can feel, um, I can feel the goodness of it, the the agony of it, the pain of it, the journey of it, the awakening of it. And this, um, this is how it works creatively, right? This is yeah. how it works creatively. And as you say, it came out of. I really believe it came out of uh, your own life, what was happening in your life. And um, the only reason I asked when this happened for you is because. Uh, during that time, I was uh, teaching music to children in Saudi Arabia, and that's a whole book, and was wow. going, going through my own uh, somewhat uh, tumultuous awakening time. So there was yeah. something going on there, Jenny, and there was something going on. Oh, yeah. well, I was leaving. Uh, it was a very hard, that's the amazing thing. It was a incredibly challenging time of leaving a marriage, um, and, you know, but but I did it well, and every, all, all is good. And, but it was very uh, majorly challenging and difficult. And, but you would never have known it, what came out of me. And so there's something there um, that, you know, I can't explain it, but it was a transformation, and it was unfolding, and this is, this is just for me what, what was waiting for to be created that's yeah. how I feel yeah and it was coming it was coming out of your heart and your soul yeah 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 you know there's another yeah. um, uh, Dante uh, I wrote it on my wall years ago it's still there and it says beauty awakens the soul to act oh. and I really feel that when touched by beauty which uh, I feel and see and you know your soul acts and you really are taken and that, and in a good way, and so that's the creative process to me, and that is what I try to share with people of how magnificent and helpful creativity and that process is. So, so talk to us because I love this idea of drawing these doorways, and you do these workshops with children, and yes. and maybe you do them with adults. I don't know actually. Um, you've done these workshops all over the place. Where can people find out more information about this? Are you just, obviously, you're still doing the workshops? Yeah, I do them. Um, I travel, and I do them local. Um, so, you know, you can dot com is my website, and you can see, you know, mostly what I love doing is the art of storytelling, um, and I, cre- I literally created a magic door literally out of a, out of a refrigerator box and <laughs> uh, and um, I did it for an, a, a children's theater group and then they wrote their own stories what was through the door and so um, but I travel and I have kids you know either paint a door draw a door walk through the door and they will come up with their own versions of what's through there and it's amazing and it's always you know uh, mature, maturing and developing and hopeful. And so, uh, you know, that's, I'll go, I'll go wherever, you know, I'm kind of quote called. Um, right. right. And uh, that's what I've been doing since the creation of these things. 
What what but, kinds of things, and maybe I should just ask this question because we're talking about creativity and magic and, like I say, mm-hmm. the, the symbology of the doors and opening the doors and what's on the other side of the door is not lost to me at all at so many right. levels. Um, how are these workshops helping uh, the children? Have you been doing this long enough? Do you have any feedback from people as to life-changing changing their realities or their perceptions or helping them step into their own creativity? Well, yes. I mean, uh, a lot of the kids have read the books and been completely affected by, you know, the the story of it all and then being able to work with me. Um, it opens up maybe the world that uh, came naturally to me and yet, you know, maybe isn't there for them yet and then here it is and they revel in it um there there's i this is a funny story i was doing one in richmond virginia and there was a mom of a boy there and um i she just looked like something was going on with her that i was thinking oh she she must not really get this or like this or something and after she said i realized that i have left this part of my world and you inspired it again so it's so funny that I, I was teaching children, but there she was, and she got it. Um, you know, so that's what I'm looking to do for children, but, you know, I love it when it happens for adults, too, because a lot of times the kids are already kind of still immersed in their imagination, um, and yet the adults maybe haven't you know, aren't there anymore. Um, and so awakening that part of them is, is amazing. But, you know, with the stress of life, and um, I just find that if I can bring, uh, you know, this quality or this simplicity of just you, all you need is your imagination and, you know, you can you can just create worlds. And so it's very positive. And I, I, I've seen so many kids in my life that, like, you know, it's hard to pick pick out, oh, I remember, this is a great story. So this little boy, uh, his brother was taking the workshop, and this little four-year-old boy who had some learning disabilities, his mom was like, oh, I don't know if he can handle being, be, behaving in this. And I said, oh, no, no, let, let him stay, let him stay. And he went and created this tree that was so many colors, and his mother said he had never used more than two colors prior to this. And I was like, oh, my, I, I mean, I was, I was floored, so wow. happy that something awoke in him where he used all these colors all at the same time. So the you workshops are, are and I'm butting in it only because we're short of time, these oh. amazing workshops, I love that. So something popped open in him to bring in more color. I love yes. that. So, yeah. yeah. So I just want to do one little quote from one of your books that I think uh, summarizes a lot of what you're doing. Neil says in the Yawning Rabbit River Chronicle, we're all here just to be good to one another. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) this is Loretta Brown. My guest today is the amazingly talented, creative, heartfelt, wonderful uh, Janine Kimmel, uh, J.L. Kimmel. Her book's The Magic Gown, The Yawning Rabbit River Chronicle. And her website, jlkimmel.com. Check it out. Please connect with her and um, get to one of her workshops. Thank you so much. We got to go. Oh, thank you. Bye now.